You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Change. It's one of the scariest words in the English language, especially for those of us that tend to be a little obsessive-compulsive about things. How can we do it? When should we do it? And when maybe should we not? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is Dr. Linda Hawes Clever. Dr. Clever is an internist and chief of occupational health at California Pacific Medical Center in San Francisco. She is also the founding president of Renew, a not-for-profit aimed at helping people maintain and regain enthusiasm, effectiveness, and purpose as they resolve the competing imperatives of work and life. Welcome, Linda. Thank you so much. Great to be here. So change. It's hard sometimes to even think about it. Why is it so darn scary? It's interesting when we talk with people about why we don't change. You could probably fill a page with reasons, first of all. So I think that one of the reasons it's so scary is that there are so many reasons not to want to change. A lot of times people talk about fear. It's not only fear of the unknown, but it's fear that people won't be able to manage change, or it's fear that if they do something different, someone will disapprove of them. And remember, one of the wonderful things about us as physicians is that we really do want to please people. We really do. We don't want to abuse people. We don't want to mismanage them. We don't want to do anything bad to them. We want them to get well, and we want to please them. And so the idea of making a change is very threatening to us often. And it may be, again, we don't want to disappoint. It may be our parents we don't want to disappoint. We may not want to disappoint our partners or our spouses. Again, it's not only ourselves or our colleagues. So Fear, again, of the unknown, of change itself. We don't know what's on the other side of it. We can't predict it. Therefore, we can't control it. Or fear of simply disappointing or not pleasing someone. Also, we may, in fact, may not have much support to change. Whether, we don't, again, we don't know how to do it or whether or not we're, we don't have the equipment or whether we've not been taught, that, that sort of thing. Sometimes... We're just comfortable where we are. We don't want to change. We're content. And we may not see that the world around us is changing, and uh, we're probably going to have to get up and go or we'll be left in the dust. But we're, we're just happy. And that's kind of also like, well, sometimes we're, we figure we're successful, and that brings a certain zing to it, but also brings perhaps a certain inertia. Sometimes there's not enough money. It can be pages and pages of reason why we it is so hairy, as you say, and so scary to change. And doesn't it often boil down to managing conflict? I think it's managing conflicts, surely, because change means that there's going to be some kind of friction. I mean, just even think of how a, a wheel works. If you put on the brakes or even if you turn a corner or even if you accelerate, there's somewhere in the system there's going to be there will be friction. And I think many of us, part of our raison d'etre is to avoid conflicts. Not everybody by any means, but some of us really don't seek out conflicts. The other thing is, and this kind of gets back to our basic self-esteem, we would like to think that we are mainly correct and we are mainly capable and, you know, or 
or all the time, preferably. And, you know, if we change, maybe somehow it's admitting that we're wrong. And that's hard to take. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Linda Haas-Clever. We've been talking about change and how to deal with it. So, Linda, let's say somebody really does have to change something. Is there a way to to ease that transition, to make it happen with maybe a bit less pain? Well, the first thing, as, as it is with so many, is as we know with patients, because patients sometimes, you know, have to change. They have to stop smoking or try to lose weight or start taking medication that they really don't want to, to take. So the first step in making a change is being aware. That is, well, folks, it's upon me. Uh, I'm going to have to make some change. And whether, again, it's in practice or whether it's in location or whether it's in relationships. So square one is going from denial, which is, as they say, you know, not just, not just a river in Egypt, but going into acknowledging that a change will be necessary. And as, again, as we look at the patient literature, and we're not so different from patients. We're, we've got about the same number of chromosomes and all that kind of thing. And so we have our resistance, and we have, we've just been talking about that. Just as a patient needs to, may, we may need to, one, go from denial to acknowledgement, and then go from acknowledgement to starting to entertain some ways that we really might make the change activate ourselves. And so, again, as with patients, we may want to assemble certainly some plans, you know, how are we going to go about it, assemble certainly some allies and supporters, because as we know, one of the things that that discourages people from making change is they, they think that they're all by themselves. Well, they may or may not be. And it may be that, for example, getting together with a group of people who are, oh, maybe five or 10 or even 15 years from from retirement, let's say, at whatever age that may be, well, wouldn't it be interesting to have some conversation with some, some of those people and to, to get some ideas from them about how they're going about thinking about it? So, so if we assemble some allies and support and then, again, think of ourselves and try to do a little excavating uh, into ourselves or what makes us feel good? What are some rewards that we might give ourselves? So if we're needing to change our schedule, either to you know, take on more or take on less, whichever way it is, we might want to give ourselves a little bit of a award. Well, if I do this at, at the end of the week, then I will get to read a chapter of that book that I've always wanted to read or go out with friends or, or whatever it might be, is to think of some, some rewards and then say, okay, then comes the launch time. And these, this just goes through the stages of change. I'm going to launch. I'm, you know, it's going to be May 1st or August 1st or September 1st. This is a change that I will make, and you do it. And then the thing that I think that is interesting, of course, we need to figure out also ways to to maintain the change, and we may take some rewards to maintain that change, and then figure that we may relapse. That is, we, we may go back to the old way. We may start scheduling way more patients, or we may take in those last three people in the afternoon instead of saying, can you come back in the morning? We sometimes kind of let ourselves be abused sometimes by our system and by our real wish to please people. And certainly some people you do have to see or get them to an emergency room or whatever it might be. You can't leave them. But there may be, I'm just saying, there may be some backsliding. And and we need to make plans for that too. Just as someone who's stopping smoking, if they take another cigarette, into place will click the, well, now, you know, this is not a failure. This is just another chapter and I'm going to 
still I'm going to stop smoking cigarettes. I'm still going to get back on track. So that kind of interesting point of, or actually the sequence of acknowledging it, planning for it, including assembling people to, to help out, and then launching it, and then thinking, well, just in case if I slip back, what am I going to do to, to get back on track? You mentioned a really important piece in there, and that is to to be clear about the time frame. And, and again, getting back to our, our personality traits, that we tend to be sort of list makers and list checker offers and, and to have a, a target date, uh, whether you're quitting smoking or, or changing careers or whatever, can, can really be a kind of a guidepost to help people along this process. I think that's absolutely true. The idea, and that's also where values come in, because values are our kind of main guideposts in a way that if we know what our values are, let's say, you know, we want to spend more time with our kids or with our friends or whatever, and therefore we're adjusting our our schedule. Well, if we bump into that value of, gee, I want to spend more time with my other part of my life, then that can kind of get us back into the change that we had intended to make. When we're aware of our values, we're able to move ahead a a little bit more smoothly and, again, make the changes that we wanted to. Just to say a couple things, as as you had suggested at the very beginning, is one of the reasons that we may not want to change is because we don't want conflicts. And I think the most important part about conflicts, because there is this always will be friction with change, is to acknowledge the conflicts, not to bury them and therefore to get everything on the table. That means even uncomfortable things, again, whether it's with family or colleagues or hospital administration, this is not a time for secrets because the only this is maybe the best time to get some of these conflicts resolved, and they have to be on the table. So I would, I would just say that that's one important step toward dealing with the conflicts and perhaps making this change really work. And the wonderful references on conflict management are Fisher and Urey, and they're on every Google site about conflict management. There are even tapes that, that they have done that I would really recommend. And Urey is spelled how? U-R-Y. Fisher is F-I-S-H-E-R, and Urey is U-R-Y. Well, thank you so much. This has been very helpful, and I know it will be to our listeners as well. Thank you. We've been discussing conflict and change, two difficult but necessary concepts in most of our lives. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. We've been talking with Dr. Linda Hawes Clever. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and any questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.